everybody, it's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge, Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Young. I'm joined by Fei Fei in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Coming up, sour plum juice with a TCM twist stands at the juncture of traditional Chinese medicine and busy urban lifestyle. It is the latest favorite drink of Chinese Gen Z. What's given rise to this new beverage trend? And we'll have a heart to heart with you. You bring the questions, and we provide the answers. You can get your question on the show by sending us a voice memo or email to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Your voice could be featured in the show in our heart to heart segment. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. Now on Roundtable. Young people who want to compensate for their hectic lives have been flocking to supposedly healthy beverages. Last time we checked, it was punk yangsheng or body healing health beverages flying off the shelves. This time, cyber yangsheng drinks are all the rage. Which begs the question of the actual health benefits of these drinks, but maybe I'm asking the wrong question here. Really, I mean, tell us what's going on with sour plum juice with traditional Chinese medicine ingredients becoming popular among young consumers. Well, it's、um, a new trend, definitely this year, this summer, actually.、Uh, but I think it's come. It sort of comes a little surprise to some of us, at least for me, because. These sour plum juice or Suan Mei Tang has been around for many many years here in China, and especially during the summertime, every TCM pharmacies or hospital will have these sort of ready recipes for customers that you can place your order and get a packet of the herbs and bring it home to cook it into juice, some sort of a juice or beverage, and it sort of contains a lot of the. I would say natural ingredients. For example, it contains plums, hawthorns, tangerine peel, licorice, and osmanthus. But then the ingredients can be very different depending on different pharmacies and hospitals. But it's pretty much the same thing. But then suddenly this year, many of the young people here in China are flocking into these traditional Chinese. Medicine pharmacies and hospitals, and placing orders for this sour plum juice, and they are thinking first of all it tastes really good, especially if you are you like sort of a little sweet and sour drinks, and also you can drink it with ice, 
which is very very refreshing drink during the summer, and it's also very affordable. You can get、uh, a lot of packets of juice with I think only ten kuai or less than twenty kuai, compared with all the bubble tea that can be priced much much higher. It sounds like a much affordable, healthy. And because it doesn't have as much sugar as a lot of the bubble teas, and also、uh, then I think a lot of people follow the trend, and more people are flocking into these pharmacies and hospitals to get the sour plum juice. Interesting. See, you've cleared up a couple of things for me. First of all, I used to think that sour plum juice is just. A kind of juice, and therefore has nothing to do with TCM. And I thought they're just served in hot pot restaurants because, you know, after having well, hot pot can be kind of fatty sometimes, and、mm. you kind of need a cleansing drink. And the sour plum juice does exactly that. So its connection to traditional Chinese medicine. I apologize for my ignorance. I suppose there is a connection between the two. Apparently, yes. It's it's a sort of a, a little different from the bottled and also what we have offered in hot pot restaurants. Is that I think in those drinks they have more sugar in it. But for TCM pharmacies, what they offer a more of a herby taste. Okay. Version of the plum juice. Right. Josh, have you come across the sour plum juice? And what you make of the Latest beverage trend that's taken up by young people. I think it's very resourceful, and I'm always happy to see something like this happen because it just makes makes the market more interesting, and、uh, you know, power to the people. But I think that it's quite interesting that it's been found, and I think that we forget that a lot of these drinks are based in quite simple ingredients, and I think that. Many of us, most of the drinks that we drink, especially if, at least if it's not water, we have no idea what it's comprised of.、Um, we're not sure what the ingredients are, and it just takes someone to think for a moment where they may be able to find such ingredients. And I guess that this is just one of those、uh, interesting incidences where we found that the ingredient is readily available just from another vendor, which is the TCM stores.、Mm-hmm. I actually really like this drink. I've I've tried it a few times, and it's one of the one of the more traditional Chinese beverages that. I've come to enjoy quite a lot, but it's not actually that cheap in the bottle in bottled form a lot of the time, right? It's、mm. it's definitely not one of the cheaper ones. So I don't know if I'll try this myself. Probably not, but I can understand. I like it. I like that clash of sweet and sour combination. It's almost a bit smoky flavored sometimes. I think. Oh, and,、um, interesting. Yeah, That's how maybe it's a good way to describe it because. I never liked it because、oh. <laughs> I don't like、mm. the TCM taste.、Oh. Um, see, I like it. <laughs> well, great, great. I'm sure there are a lot of you guys who enjoy the beverage out there, and、uh, kudos. You know, don't have a problem with that. Also, another thing that I find to be an acquired taste for people. Again, plenty of fans out there who drink it regularly. Liang Cha,、oh. you know, there's also I don't know how to describe that.、Uh, J- Josh made a good attempt.、Uh, the smoky、uh, taste, or I say the TCM taste of、uh, Liang Cha, you know, and and that's a- another tea drink with a lot of herbs and ingredients that I don't really follow、um, that go. In there, and、uh, plenty of people who live in southern China really enjoy it. And 
not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've tried the liang cha. I think it's directly translated as cold tea or mm. cool tea, and it's more of a bitter, sweet kind of taste, which is really difficult to handle if you've tried for the first time. But then the good thing is when you are buying these ingredients for. Uh, the sour plum juice, or for the liang cha, if you place your order in a pharmacy or a hospital, you can actually pay with your uh, health insurance. <laughs> and I think that's another reason why young people love this idea because it's already very affordable, and then you don't really have to pay much with your insurance, and you you pretty much pay about one kuai or two kuai for the whole package. And that's uh, how sort resourceful, of a <laughs> yeah. yeah. But let me just again be the、uh, party pooper here. If it tastes that sweet, there's a lot of sugar going in there, no matter what. I mean, the beverage is. If、mm-hmm. um, if it's like you know the kind of sweetness that you can. You can feel in your bones or on your tongue. I mean, then it's just you don't know how much sugar that goes in there, and it's probably abundant. But anyhow, so these days, this is an ongoing trend that Chinese Gen Z are pioneering with. That is used to be called punke or punk yangsheng or body healing or healthy treatment. Now they're saying that this is a cyber regimen, which essentially encapsulates this idea, or maybe this fear of young people knowing that you don't necessarily lead a healthy lifestyle. You stay up late, you eat fatty and sweet, and also salty food, and. You want to be healthy. In compensation, you buy products, be it expensive facial masks or the sour plum juice. That, in my opinion, makes you feel better. But does it address the root problem of you know? Can we live a healthier lifestyle? Which actually means that you might need to. Adjust your timetable quite a bit, but people aren't necessarily doing that. Yeah, exactly. Is you know thinking about this, I, I think a lot of people know at least by heart is that you're really determined to live healthy. It's really easy for you to do that. Is sleep, it sleep early, <laughs> eat healthy,、uh, get your workout, and cut out a lot of fat and sugar in your diet. But also for many of us, it will be very, very difficult to do in practice because you know the bubble tea is just too delicious to say no, <laughs> and you know I'm always、uh, busy on my phone checking on the latest social media posts. I don't want to go to sleep now. But then they are trying, you know, different new things or old things in in terms of this sour plum juice that they are sort of giving you this compliment. Mentally, that you know, even though I stay up late, I'm doing this for my health, and I think in some way, sort of cheating yourself into doing this unhealthy stuff by purchasing these healthy, quote unquote, healthier products. But then the root of the problems really. Just the easiest things for you to do: eat healthy, sleep early, and get a healthy routine in your life, and get some workout. But apparently, for young people, that's also a very difficult task, almost impossible to do. 
Mm, what do you think, Josh? What do you think of this uh, consumption behavior that essentially is to compensate our fear of not necessarily leading a healthy lifestyle? Well, there's a lot of trends. This this is part of a much greater trend, I think, especially with younger generations. There's much more of an emphasis on health, and there seems to be a much more of a preference for health foods, health trends, um, healthy lifestyles, which is, I think, due to things like social media, cultural shifts, of course, things like society definitely placing a higher value on wellness, advertising, no longer being able to advertise certain products uh, in the media and things like this. So whether this is overall a good thing, and I know that often we're look always looking for a quick fix, right? And it's super marketable and mm. super trendy to if a product seems to be healthy, even though, as you said, Heyang probably contains a whole load of sugar and probably isn't meant to be consumed in gallons, right? You probably, <laughs> I mean, how, how many plum juices are healthy to have a day? I would imagine one, right? At most. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm completely wrong, right? Maybe mm -hmm. I need to be drinking more of it. I think generally, though, it is compensating for certain things and i do think we always have to be careful for looking for these quick fixes because ultimately a more holistic healthy lifestyle is always important moderation exercising every day and getting enough sleep blah 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 we we know all of this but that's the boring stuff but it's true and plum juice isn't going to be the solution to all of your health issues definitely but i do think that it's a pretty good thing that i mean when i was younger i definitely wasn't thinking about healthy juices and things like this i it makes me feel old it, it really does even though it wasn't that long ago trends have really changed and i think it's probably for the better mm. i mean it's better than i remember just waiting until i was 18 so that i could have my first sip of alcohol legally you know and mm. that was what we were focused on to be honest and it's completely different now which is a good thing i think mm -hmm. and also, just one small disclaimer, or more like a caveat. Nobody's getting any younger. Yeah. <laughs> and uh. after, you know, we've survived the workplace for some years, I think our mindset kind of changes as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, then I think um, for a lot of younger people out there, uh, I think it's always good to know the whole, holistically, know the whole picture. For example, for the plum juice, it's not suitable for a lot of people. Uh, for people with diabetes, for people who may suffering influx digestive problems, um, is a medicine after all. So a lot of the those trends claims to be healthy on the surface, but you have to get yourself educated to know whether you are able to follow that trend and to join the crowds drinking tons and tons of plum juice and by the way the, the plum juice is not designed to drink in gallons as well it's more of a uh, occasional summer drink uh-huh so yeah just um don't just follow the trend you you definitely need more information background information yeah so it's fine to sort of try it out mm. but if you want to follow it religiously then everybody needs to do a bit more research unless you're willing to bear the consequences either way. You're listening to Roundtable. Coming up next, let's have a moment of heart to heart. You ask. We answer. Roundtable. Heart to heart. 
She's got a question for Roundtable. Uh, hi there, Roundtable team. This is Chang saying hello from Shanghai. Uh, I've been a dedicated listener of your show for quite some time now, and I have to say,、uh, I truly appreciate the content that you guys deliver on each episode. So, first of all, I'd like to send my congratulations to you for winning the、uh, um, Asia Podcast Awards. I definitely think it's、uh, well deserved, and please keep up the good work. Um, I I have a、uh, personal request for your heart to heart segment. Um, you see, I've、um, recently stepped into the role of、uh, a team manager for the very first time.、Mm. To be honest, the idea of leading a team is quite intimidating for me, because I don't know much about、uh, managing a team. I don't know much about management. So currently, I'm struggling with、uh, stress and anxiety. So I was hoping if you guys could offer me some good advice. What can I do to better lead the team, and how can I positively influence my team members? Thank you. Thank you so much, Jane from Shanghai, and congratulations on your promotion. And this is the first time we're answering this question because okay, sometimes you know we get these repeated requests from different people about friendship, about surviving in big cities, etc. But this time. Yes, let's give some thoughts and、uh, recommendations, suggestions, and all that to Jane and all those out there who are moving up the corporate ladder, transitioning into your first leadership role. It's it's really challenging.、Uh, I've had this experience myself, and one piece of advice I can definitely give you, which is is super important, possibly one of the most, if not the most important thing, is. Communication skills, your ability to communicate, your willingness to communicate with people, your willingness to stand in a room and look people in the eye and be really direct with everybody,、uh, and effectively convey your goals and what you want from people, your vision, and to do so in a calm, firm, and and clear and concise way. And I think that. When we think about managers that we've had that are good, all anybody. When you think about the good bosses that you've had, managers that you've had, and the bad ones, I think a lot of people, when they think about the ones that they've had that aren't very good, a lot of it ultimately comes down to poor communication. Of course, there's other things, obviously,、yeah. but but a lot of it comes down to either too much communication, over communicating, over explaining, exhausting. Your employees, because you're talking too much around the issue and not setting them off, or on the contrary, being very clear, direct, empathising with your employees as well, and letting them know that you hear them and things like this. So I think、uh, fake it until you make it, and be confident, and yeah, just be as clear as you can. That's one piece of advice, and also lead by example. I think is another one. Let's get back to that in a second.、Um, sure. Lead by example, because I think that's a really good one too.、Um, Fefe, what do you have to say? My, I don't know, suggestion would be very similar to Josh's. It's about communication because I think when stepping into the management or leadership role in a team, people will go through a process transitioning their mindset from doing my work well to communicating. With different people from different levels of the company, and then trying to sort of finding the compromising space among different needs and demands and different supervisors and people beneath you, and so I will say you will start to realize that your work is no longer about work itself, but、mm. more about people. 
dealing with difficult people, dealing with nice people, dealing with bad people. And in a way, you have to deal with them on a daily basis. And I think when managing a team, one important part of it is to knowing each of your team members' needs. And that even requires you to sometimes have to really be proactive and initiate a lot of conversation, even chit chats about uh, your members' private life. I'm not saying you, you need to, you know, provoke and sort of getting into the privacy part of their life, but you have to know what are going on in their life so that some of the their personal life may be affecting their work life, and as a team leader, sometimes you need to know these kind of background to make better decision, and so that you can stay empathy to all of your team members and know. Maybe sometimes it's not just about getting the work done. Eventually, it's about really communicating with them and on a respectful level, so that. Many of the members within the team can be motivated themselves to do the work instead of you pushing them around,、mm. which can be more difficult for a leader to do if you are pushing everybody in the team around every day. And then I think it also requires you to be sometimes to be cold blooded a little bit. That you need to have the courage, even you, if you fake it, you need to have the courage to say no. And to turn down a lot of the requests from your team members, and because you need to balance、mm. everybody's requests and needs, and so sometimes you need to be cold-blooded to make the final call and make the final decision, and make some people unhappy about that decision, and you have to be okay with it. Yeah, that's a really good point, cause. As a boss or as a leader of the pack, then whatever decision you make, however great or appropriate it is, there are going to be people, maybe in a minority, who are not going to be happy about it. And then you can't be a people's person. Yeah. To to be in that position. Yeah. Well, that's one 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 thing that、uh, a boss has to learn, I guess. Just to echo what you said earlier, I guess I think there are some things that、uh, kind of kind of coincide with each other, but complementary、um, of our points. What you just said there, Fefe, makes me think of the reason why you want to be in the leadership role. Some people get into a leadership role because they feel it's the appropriate next step, or you got the promotion. But you shouldn't lead people unless you want to. I don't know if this will click with everyone, but this is how I feel. And remember that you're leading real people in an organization. Your decisions will impact how these people interact with you and their work. Leadership doesn't mean that you get to tell people what to do all day. It means letting other people take the credit, putting your ego aside for the collective gain, and mentoring empathetically. Take a hard look at yourself and ask if you're. Only in this for the money or accolades, and if you are, then to some extent you could be setting yourself up to be a bad leader. The world doesn't need another boss or bully. Sounds harsh, but it's better to know if this is what you really want to do. And maybe this is a little idealistic, but I'm just that kind of person. I don't think you have to be a manager to be a leader. You can be a leader because you are. Uh, rich with the knowledge, and you are happy to help 
people and um yes maybe this is a little bit idealistic because also you're not getting that fat paycheck uh, which usually comes with the promotion um but i think being a leader in a team is really something that one has to learn and it's a gradual process nobody gets it right the first time i feel and it's perfectly fine to feel that anxiety to feel you're kind of worried about all of this that shows that you take this role seriously and nobody's 100% prepared to lead people so the best way to get over your fears I think um, Jane kind of mentioned this a little bit is to need to know what you're nervous about exactly and how to handle this anxiety and usually the first step to kicking anxiety to the curb is to study what you can do what can you do involves planning your own progress and development, which you're already doing. There are plenty of materials out there online and offline about management. And you're asking Roundtable this question, which I hope that we can offer you some ideas and and tips. Uh, Soak up as much knowledge as you can. And also, an obvious point, but I'm still going to raise it here, is just study other leaders. If there is a leader that you admire within your organization or someone who does the type of job that you would ultimately like to have, spend some time observing them. Noticing how they lead the team or handle difficult situations can inform your own leadership approach. And also, well, I'm not a big fan of this, but there are plenty of um, you know motivational speeches of leaders of Steve Jobs, uh, all kinds of um, heads of organizations out there some people find that to be useful and another option is to learn from other people's mistakes as long as you've joined the workforce for more than a couple of years you've all experienced your share of bad bosses and don't be one yourself for instance if you hated the boss who micromanaged everything you do, then when the time comes for you to lead, don't breathe down the neck of your subordinates and allow them to perform tasks with a reasonable amount of autonomy. Is it as simple as that? But I think, uh, yeah, Josh, you mentioned something about leading by example. And um, I think there are definitely inspirations one can take from these examples that you see good. Yeah, I think the leading by example is, is pretty obvious, but I do think that it's important for a good leader to do this because basically it embodies the value of the whole team. And I, I think that it setting positive tones in this regard through your actions is basically the best way to ensure commitment to goals, really. And, and on the flip side of that, if you're not leading by example and you're not putting the work in, how on earth are you going to expect your team to be able to do what you want them to do? Mm. Um, I, I think it's a very natural process and something that all leaders should consider and probably consider a bit more in a lot of instances. Yes, and one last point I'd like to highlight here is kindness has a greater impact. When it comes to leading a team, compassion and empathy are underrated qualities. If first-time leaders are secure with ourselves, then build other people up instead of tearing them down. And there's plenty you can do. Be the source of change when you get that opportunity. If you like what you hear, send us your question or comment to the show to EZFM Roundtable at foxmail.com. 
Thank you so much, Josh and Feifei, for joining the discussion. I'm Ha Young. You can find us on Apple Podcast at Roundtable China. We'll see you next time.